Hi, this is Carl Franklin. Richard and I are going to be in London at the NDC conference December 2nd through the 6th, and we'd love to see you there. Come see Scott Guthrie, Don Syme, Bob Martin, Dan North, Scott Allen, Mads Torgerson, and many, many more at the NDC. For more information, go to ndc-london.com. .NET Rocks episode 929 with guest Scott Barber. Recorded live Friday, November 8th, 2013. This episode is brought to you by Telerik, offering the best in developer tools and support. Online at telerik.com. And by Franklin's.net, makers of Gesture Pack, a powerful gesture recording and recognition system for Microsoft Connect for Windows developers. Details at gesturepak.com. And now, here are Carl and Richard. Mr. Campbell. Yes, sir. This is the last show we've recorded at Ordev. Indeed. Yes. And uh, I'm going to be, it's bittersweet because it's a beautiful day out today and uh, apparently not too many beautiful days this week. No, nope, it was pretty Mama. rainy and wet, but it is, you know, we're right on the Baltic Sea yeah. and it's November. So yeah. what'd you expect? But well, you know, it, it was nice when we got here. Yeah. The day we arrived was yeah, nice and the day we're leaving is nice. Yeah. But, uh, all those days in between. Well, right we were in here. We were. Yeah, we, we were inside in, mostly. Inside a converted uh, sausage making factory and yeah, slaughterhouse. <laughs> yeah. But however, I took a, a photo and uh, tweeted it and got people are just loving the space. It's a beautiful building. It really is beautiful space. It's a neat way to save an old building and do something great with it. Yeah, Jonathan Zuck said, "Wow, what a space!" Yeah, and he's into old, you know, he does spaces. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, better no framework. Let's get to it. All right, buddy, what do you got? This is going to be a fun one. Okay, hit me. Every once in a while, I got to just do a you Richard the Toy Boy kind of thing. Nice. TinyURL.com slash old gadgets on the web. Web-enabled antique gizmos. All right, so TinyURL.com slash old gadgets on the web. Takes you to Levi's Station to Station Maker's Tools Project. And this is a project where they took these old machines and wired them up so that they interacted. They were digital and they interacted with the internet. So, for example, the 1901 Underwood Number no. Five typewriter awesome. has been overhauled so that it now allows you to post 140 characters directly to Twitter. <laughs> and I would add that it has an LED readout that, as you type, counts down from 140. That's not LED. That's a pixie tube. Oh, that's, those that's are tubes. Old school. Yeah, oh. it's that old vacuum tube with the foil numbers. That's right. That is it so is, beautiful. The 1953 Bolex B8 video camera and the 1939 Graflex camera have been repaired and updated so that the images they capture can be uploaded straight to Instagram. <laughs> it's awesome. Play a little tune on the 1953 Gibson E125 guitar and you'll be able to share your music on SoundCloud. Wow. That is just too cool for words. I came across that, and I didn't know where else to put that in the show, but nope. better know framework. That is, that is totally awesome, man. I love makers. Yeah. I love makers. Just such creative, creative stuff. That typewriter, 
I might need to have one of those. <laughs> you might. <laughs> I think that's a one-off, though. You might yeah. have to, you know, fight somebody for Find it. Find a way. So, again, that's at tinyurl.com slash web, and it's Levi's Station to Station Maker's... Maker, I almost said Maker's Mark. Nice. Maker's Tools Project. Know it, learn it, love it. Hey, Richard, who's talking to us today? I grabbed a comment off of show 809. That is the one we did with uh, a bunch of good folks at DevReach last year, actually. That yep. is a web performance talk where we talked to Kent Alstead, Steve Smith, and Paul Carvalho from uh, Adobe. Yeah. And uh, this comment, which is about a year old now, but it's still a great comment, says, uh, while listening and enjoying the conversation around caching, so we talked a lot about caching we on did, that panel, yes. uh, there was a part I was trying to understand. You were talking about micro-cache and how the HTML of the page needs to be uh, the same to benefit from it. It was also mentioned you could use Ajax to grab small islands of dynamic content, like the name, last login, and so forth. What I was wondering is, how do you get this unique information if all the references in the page are the same? And how do you tell the server what you want to request and how it will all be the same? Uh, and that's from Brett Slasky. Uh, and Brett, I think you're conjoining two different topics. We were talking about micro-caching, as in caching for very short durations, so that you don't have to deal with expiry near as much. Yeah. But the bigger concept here about keeping the page the same and then using Ajax to update the dynamic content, that's actually taking advantage of ASP.NET's built-in caching. So you can actually cache the page and then mark chunks of it as not cacheable, mm. and you run a chunk of code that essentially uses Ajax to populate the piece. And I guarantee you, Kent was explaining that technique. Yeah, probably. Because he taught it to me eight years ago. Yeah. So that's the only reason I know the answer to that Selective question. Selective caching, yeah. Yes, a very intelligent, cool. you know, being able to actually let the web server itself render the page once and keep it and then know what to replace yeah. on the fly. And that's, you know, you're, you're learning from the lessons of a guy who's tried to keep a website under the, alive under the massive storm yep. of huge usage. Yeah, so. he was uh, behind Strange Loop. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's on every guy. patent. Yeah, you know, and he's still working on it today. He now works for Radware Networks, making stuff go faster. So, brilliant guy. Yeah, very, very brilliant guy. So, Brett, thanks so much for your comment. I hope you answered the questions. I also saw that one of the other listeners, Thogek, actually answered a piece of it as well, talking about how, how you use cookies to identify different bits and so forth, which is really cool. Mm. I love it when the comment engine looks like that. Yep. So you know what? I think we need to send two mugs out. Two mugs. Yeah, one off to Brett for asking a great question. One off to Thoget for, for helping to answer it. Thank you, guys. That's uh, what we really want to have happen here. Uh, so .NET Rocks mugs are on their way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, just write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com. And we also send mugs to folks who answer questions on .NET Rocks.com. <laughs> and you can do that not only on the website, but on any of our mobile clients. We've got them for iOS, Android, Windows 8, and Windows Phone 7 and 8. Yes. And those apps were built by Diatom Enterprises. who would love to build you an app. Just go to DiatomEnterprises.com. Absolutely. And before we go any further, I need to tell you that Pluralsight provides comprehensive developer training online with hundreds of hardcore developer training courses offered by MVPs, industry experts, and .NET Rocks guests. They release over 40 new courses a month and still offer a 10-day free trial, giving you 200 minutes of access. Pluralsight offers a wide range of topics, including iOS, Java, Android, everything web, and everything Microsoft, including several courses on web performance. Try Pluralsight today. Subscription plans start at just $29 a month. And with that, let me introduce our guest today, Scott Barber. He is CTO of Perf Test Plus, a software testing thought leader specializing in delivering performance systems. 
He's best known as an author, consultant, testing activist, and energetic speaker. Currently, his work is focused on delivering business value through testing. Scott co-founded WOPR, served as a director of AST and CMG, is a member of ACM, IEEE, Mensa, the Context-Driven School of Software Testing, and is a signatory to the Manifesto for Agile Software Development. Welcome, Scott. And uh, let's clear up some of these acronyms, shall we? W-O-P-R? WAPR. That's the Workshop on Performance and Reliability. I'm sorry. Wasn't WAPR the name of the... The, the server, the computer in yes. war games? Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. And that was a conversation that, um, uh, that we had during the uh, naming process of, of this uh, Whopper thing. Um, and uh, we decided to go with it anyway. It's okay. It's, yeah. a, it's a good geek reference, really. Same, right? That's very right. Good. It's a very it's, young it's, it's, it's a test to, to <laughs> yeah. people who get it. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you can't really understand Whopper if you don't know about Whopper. There you go. Okay. There AST you go. and CMG? Uh, AST is the Association for Software Testing. Okay. And uh, CMG is the Computer Measurement Group. Now, I know what IEEE is, but what's yeah. ACM? Uh Association for Computer Machinery, I believe. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that before. Yeah. So, wow, you have your hands in a lot of things. Yeah. Do you consider yourself primarily a tester? Well, you know, I do mostly, hand, when I'm hands-on, I do mostly testing. Right. But um, the reality is that um, most of the people who uh, self-identify as testers, right. uh Aren't the performance geeks? Ah, okay. Yeah. So, right. so while I I consider myself primarily tester minded, um, I f- I tend to fit in better uh, with you know the devs and the architects and the you know and the guy so the go fast junkies. Yeah, you call yeah. yourself a tuner then. You're like performance Almost. tuner. You know, I'll tell you where where uh, where I really uh, you know in a project team where I really fit best. I used to call myself a developer's tester. Right, so so not not the person who's writing bug reports for the managers, right? But but the guy who now, now these days in agile you've got uh, you know an S debt embedded in the team, which is you know very similar. But back 15 years ago, that wasn't so common. Mm-hmm. And literally, I just rejected the role of this um, you know post build testing thing, and I just sat with developers and I said, "All right, what you doing? How can I help?" And um, I wasn't always accepted uh, at first, but after the first time that they released something to me and I found the big showstopper that was going to get them in trouble, right. and, and, and here was my little secret. I, I, whenever I found one of those, I'd wait to the end of the day to, to tell them, and I'd say, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to submit this, this defect, <laughs> right? And they, and, and they go, oh, but, but I can fix it. And I'm like, well, you know what? I, you know, I've, I've got a thing, yeah. so I won't be able to get to it till morning, yeah, right? Yeah. And so the next morning, maybe in the same clothes, they'd be standing there waiting for me to come in. It's fixed. It's fixed. <laughs> and, 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 and after that, uh, after that, it was just, hey, I just did something cool. Can can you come do 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 that thing that you do b- right. before I before I commit? And uh, you know, that's uh, that's kind of where I am. I I, I want to help. Uh, you know, teams and devs uh, build. Write the code and build the the software, build the apps that they want to build in the first place. Yeah. Right, right. I don't. Uh, you know, some folks want developers to do more testing. I, d- I don't know about more, but here's what I want. I want developers to focus on writing what they're trying to write. 
Right. And then mm. before they forget what they're doing, bring in a tester-minded person, right, to help them enhance it, tune it up, tighten it up, yep. whatever, defend. Yeah. I, I, I want devs to have the creative mind because here, here's what I've seen. When, when a dev goes all defensive in his programming, right, right they will spend forever defending a line of code yeah right against things that either are unlikely to happen or somebody else is already built against or whatever and so i i want the devs to keep their creative focus Mm -hmm. and you Um, think excessive testing can squash creativity i i it's not i don't think it's about the testing i think it's about the the testing mindset when i when, when i start going down the path of what are all the possible combinations and permutations of what can go wrong right Next thing you know, it's three weeks from now, and I've got 17 nested loops of data running yeah. through my two-line function. Right. Really, whoa, back whoa, up, whoa, time whoa. out, yeah. right? Um, so That's a very different approach than you hear from most people who have test anything in their title. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't... You and Billy Hollis really need to there talk. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't even start out in technology. I have an undergrad in civil engineering. Right. The Army paid for my schooling, so I spent four years as an Army officer before I started uh, working my way officially into IT. Mm. Now, now I can say that, you know, I was at the first class in my university that was required to have a PC when we entered. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was always one of my additional duties in the Army was always automation officer, which basically means help the colonel check his email or right sure, yeah, <laughs> get right. Uh, you know whatever it was but um so, so i've always been around the tech but um i got a very different perspective on a lot of things mm-hmm. and um uh frankly i was very confused for a while once i got into a software company i'm like your words don't mean what i think they mean <laughs> <laughs> words like test words like test words like business analyst uh-huh yeah. Because I'd been a business analyst. For the military. Uh, in the transition job. Right. Yeah. So I got recruited out by a government contractor. Mm-hmm. So when we did business uh, analysis, we analyzed the whole business. Right. And mm-hmm. then in this particular uh, company, the, the, the idea was, then we found places where technology might help. Right? Yeah. Okay. Then my next job's with a software development company. It was custom software development, so not package and not stuff they were going to support. Somebody comes in and says, I need an app to do this, and I will maintain it, but I need you to build it. Sure. And so they'd hand us this stack of requirements and say, build this. And I would ask questions like, so what are you going to use it for? Yeah. How's this going to help you? And everybody would. That's just at, crazy talk, yeah, Scott. Yeah, what right. are you thinking? They gave us requirements. Just meet the requirements. I'm like, yeah, but how do we know it's going to be useful? Right, what's we don't the know big what picture. Gonna, yeah. and, and and seriously, people just looked at me like I was insane. Wow. <laughs> Maybe I am. But, um, so yeah, yeah, yeah but, very different perspectives. But it, but it, it, that's one angle of things. The performance angle is another. Again, like the mindset of yeah, go fast. People is a different mindset. Yeah. So long before. I became a performance guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to refer to myself as an efficiency geek, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that and that was my um, uh, politically correct way of saying I'm ADD and I hate doing anything more than about twice. <laughs> and I will spend the rest of my life finding a quicker and easier way to do uh, so that I don't have to do something repetitive, right? Right. right? 
And and, and I think a lot of developers kind of have that that sure. part of the mindset. Yeah, sure. And then, um, you know, the, the way just I... just call it laziness. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's hyper-focused laziness. That's really. right. That's right. Nobody works harder to be lazy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I actually got into performance totally accidentally. I, I was working for a small company thinking I was going to be a DBA. I was working on a master's degree and... Uh, uh, Whatever. I, I learned that um, to become an Oracle DBA, that um, at the time at least, I had to reduce my entire vocabulary to one syllable. No. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Don't you also have to get rid of your soul? Well, I didn't get that far. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I bailed at the vocabulary you reduction. You Wagner but, um, in your office. Right, yeah. right. But at any rate, this little company, when they got bought by a big company and, and you know, you guys know how this goes, right? It was a little company. We got overtime. We got this. We got that. They cut all that. They cut our salaries, this, that, and the other things. And, oh, we'll give you stock options at 42 bucks a share that, oh, by the way, when I would have been vested, we're trading at 17 cents a right. share. Yeah, so right. I, sure. I saw that one coming. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I call my buddy after they make the announcement. They're like, dude, you got to help me update my resume. I got to get out of here, right? Mm. And he goes, oh, forget that. Just come work for us. We need a performance engineer. Literally, I said, what's that? He says, don't worry, you'll like it. <laughs> Great. So somebody that knew you. You, that's right. right, right. He knew me, he knew, and, and, and he was totally right because what, uh, what intrigued me, the reason that I loved it was in way, there are ways that it's the same, but it's always different. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to think about you have to be able to go back and forth between system concepts and individual pieces, parts. Mm -hmm. Right. And what just, it just floored me. You're zooming in and out Zo from yep. high level to low level. Exactly. Yeah. And what just baffled me was the first time I literally, the first time I recorded a script against a, 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 a web page, mm -hmm. and I've got all this HTTP traffic, which um, luckily I could more or less parse from. Uh, some of the other stuff I, I'd done previously. And I'm looking at it, I'm saying, huh, spacer.gif, 40 yeah. some odd times. Yeah. And about half of them are 404s. They're coming back not found. Huh. This is stupid. So I go over to the dev and I say, hey, do you realize what's going on? That you're calling and, and not caching, yeah. right? This thing a bazillion times per page and half of them aren't even found. Yeah. Clearly, the ones that aren't found, you don't need because the page looks fine. And, and he says, what are you talking about? So he comes over and he looks at my script. He gets so far as to see HTTP, right? In the, in the thing goes, oh, that's network traffic. I don't know anything about that. You'll have to talk to the network guy. Really? Nice. Come on. No. Look, seriously, I couldn't make this stuff up. I'm not that that's crazy. That's insane. <laughs> and, and I mean, that, that was... That was one of the most extreme cases that, that I've encountered. But that's Dilbert material right there. It is. It is. Yeah. But I, I just can't tell you the number of times that um, I've come in in a week or two as a consultant and talked to different people and literally felt like I was one of two people who really understood what the whole thing app or the whole system was doing not all the details right i'm not saying i could rewrite the code but i had this picture of what the whole thing was was up to yeah and and it's just um 
it's something I don't think we're we're teaching, uh, at least in most of our education programs anymore. I, I, I think I think it's only the you know forties and overs who who studied any of that stuff. Uh, or anymore. just have the ability to, to uh, see the big picture yeah, or even ask the question. Or Yeah. 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 So I don't know, but I, but I love that and always working with the new technologies and whatnot. And um, so, yeah, just kind of stuck, kind of stuck. Um, so at, when you were doing this for a while now, yeah. stuff clearly changed. Do you buy the DevOps word? Is that, does that make sense to you? So here's, here's, here's what I actually see. Mm-hmm. Um, what I see is a whole lot of companies, uh, saying, okay, uh, we spend a lot of money on servers down in the basement and a bunch of people administering them. So instead of spending that money, we're going to, uh, go to the magic server in the sky and let somebody else pay Bob. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then we're going to take all those people who used to be admins and, um, we're going to get rid of them and we're going to make our devs do all the promotion to production. Right. And uh, now we're going to have dedicated support people. So really, effectively what I see is they've taken the deploy function and given it to the devs. Right. And changed their admins to production support staff Hmm. of one form or another Mm -hmm. and basically just eliminated their server. Now, now that's, that's not what I like to see i've seen some shops that i would say are you know true devops by the intent of the word right but um i think a lot of people are doing this um uh you know half measure thing and you know it's working for some folks i'm not sure how much i buy into it i I mean i'm worried that devops is becoming another agile in the sense that it's just it's a word that's becoming a marketing term and people are just trying to sell it yeah. And, so, uh, so, so here's what I support. I support, uh, I support end-to-end teams that are collaborative, mm-hmm. that share uh, a joint goal and vision, who actually have some accountability and responsibility for both delivery and support. Uh, now, I'm not saying that every developer stays on and support for that thing forever, but sure. The whole notion of we have lots of silos and walls, um, look, it might work, but uh, I, th- I think uh, technology and the industry and, and, and people's expectations move too fast. Mm. I, I, I think if we can build, if we can put together uh, teams that are accountable to one another and responsible for what they deliver, uh, that have the right combined skill set. I think, I think that's, uh, you know, I, I want to say I think that's the answer. There are so many caveats in that. I don't want to get goal? stuck in a corner uh, and saying, "Oh, well, yeah. barbers." But if if you can put the right team together, it works really, really well. Is that the goal of DevOps to sort of bring the what were silos and walls down and sort of conglomerate? I believe sort of- as, my, as 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 I have followed. That's what I believe the intent is. Yeah. Right. And, and I believe if you are successful in doing that and uh, successful in making that team actually responsible and accountable, mm. then, it's, uh, then it can work. Yeah. I, I, I think 
There's so many just, cultural, as Richard yeah. brings up a lot, there's so many cultural differences between IT and dev people. Yes. That, they, you know, just getting them to have lunch together is a feat in and of exactly. itself. And, and that's, that's sort of like what really needs to happen, isn't right. it? Right. Well, that that's the battle in performance that I've been fighting forever, right? You start out doing load testing. I think like uh, any performance guy who starts in the test space does. Yeah. Yep. And my next step was then over into into ops, mm-hmm. right? And saying, really, I'm trying to do a production simulation here. Um, a, you're not helping me with, you know, even knowing what the configurations are going to be in prod, right. let alone help me set it up. Right. And I'm trying to run this test that simulates what's going to happen on your side. You're not interested in my data. I'm trying to come to you and say, so what? What actually goes on yeah. uh, in prod in version last? You don't want to give me your data. Really? Aren't we two sides of the same coin here? Right. If, if we're not sharing data back and forth, what are we doing? Right. Um, and, and, of course, that has expanded. Um, the, the, the deeper I got into the performance thing, the more that I realized that that's not the only disconnect. There's mistrust. It comes yeah. down to mistrust. Yeah. It? And, and it's two different VPs having turf wars that right. it's affecting our ability to work, you know, and not always, of course, but, uh, you know, when you put people in different buildings and you're trying to defend sure. your staff, you yeah. know? Why do you think the, uh, why are you surprised the relationship is adversarial? I, right. I didn't say I was. Yeah. I just know it's not useful. But it's, you know, that's, that's that, that's that <laughs> yeah. crazy thing. Yeah. It's like they, they, they separate them. Yep. They give them competing goals. Right. And they complain they're not working together. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that and that's my point about if you're gonna put if you're gonna put a team together, the team has got to share the same vision and have some accountability and responsibility for it, right? You put a team together and some middle ma- and, and, and three different middle managers are going to get or not get bonuses based on what their team delivers. Right. What are they going to do? Yeah. They're going to pass the buck. Yeah. And look, it's human nature or middle management nature. I'm not sure which, but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once in a while, you, you, once in a while, you have personalities that are going to do the right thing no matter how bad the right. system is. Exactly. But it's a hell of a lot easier to get your results with good systems. Yeah, you're right. When, when I go in, one of the great things about being a consultant is you don't have sociopolitical barriers. Yeah. You, you figure out who signed your, who signed your, job wreck don't go over their head and other than that you can go anywhere yeah and you can walk around the room pointing at white elephants and go you guys know this is an elephant right exactly <laughs> I, I i had it, it was with um the uh iptv division in uh mountain view for microsoft it was it's a fabulous engagement but i was working with one guy and he needed something from the other team right um, or frankly, it was a, a completely different department, but, and, um, you know, I was only there for a short time. So he said, Oh, I'll send him an email. I'm like, eh, whatever. Ben, it's the end of the day. So about 10 o'clock the next morning, I said, so have you heard back? He said, Oh no, he hasn't responded yet. I'll send him another email. I'm like, really? Come on. He's like, where are we going? I said, you're going to show me where he sits. He goes, Oh, well, I can't. No, but I can. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and let's sure, just go over there. And I, and I walked over. I introduced myself. I told him what we were trying to do. He goes, oh, is that what that email was about? Yeah, give me 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that it was hard. It was just, oh, email from some dev in some other group, whatever, bottom of the queue. Yeah. Before he ever read it. And and the, the fact that I could just walk over and say, hey, my name's Scott. Uh, we could really use, oh, that's easy. 
you know, wh- why that isn't uh, more common, I don't know. Yeah, funny. I don't know. Hey, Richard, you know what time it is? Uh, must be that happy time again. That's right. It's time to make somebody's workplace a much happier place. <laughs> it's time to give away a Telerik DevCraft Complete Collection to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But before I tell you who it is, let me tell you that Telerik Icinium enables you to develop, test, and publish iOS and Android apps from a single code base using only HTML5 and JavaScript. And the new release of Icinium allows all this goodness from within Visual Studio. These capabilities include comprehensive back-end as a service in the cloud, integrated support for Kendo UI and jQuery mobile, and integrated testing and deployment capabilities, making Icinium a robust end-to-end mobile app development platform for .NET developers. Telerik Icinium, with its new Visual Studio extension, is available on a subscription basis and is now part of the Telerik DevCraft Ultimate collection. Start a free 30-day trial of Icinium with support at Icinium.com. That's I-C-E-N-I-U-M dot com slash D-N-R. And don't forget to thank Telerik for supporting .NET Rocks. Absolutely. So who's our winner, buddy? Today's winner is Pascal Normandin. Congratulations, Pascal. Yeah. I was very excited to receive a Telerik DevCraft Complete Collection. That's just about everything Telerik does in one box, a $2,000 value. Uh, we're also giving away today a Ben while CD. This is my solo album I've spent the last four years doing. If you like sort of classic rock, funky, Steely Dan style, Eagles, vocals, good playing. Uh, the great John Schofield played with me. He's a good friend now and uh, came to my studio and played with me on a tune. You can get it at uh, Amazon MP3, iTunes, Nokia Music, and, of course, listen to it at carlfranklin.com. Today's winner of Been a While is Eric Loveland. Congratulations, Eric. Yep. Never made any money off of music. It's always been a labor of love for me. Right. So uh, there you go. If you don't know what we're talking about, go to .netrocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, Answer a few questions and join the fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world. And every show we give away free stuff. And every December we give away $5,000 worth of stuff. And Scott's raising his eyebrows. I think he's ready to answer the question. Scott, if you had 5000 bucks to spend on technology today, what would you buy? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, 5000 on technology today. Uh, I'll tell you, of, of all the things... I think right now my, my house needs a, a high-end uh, Surface. And uh, a Surface tablet. A Surface tablet. and Like a Pro on, 2. Yeah. And, on, and honestly, this is both my, my, my life partner uh, and my kids. Uh, so she found it, was showing the kids and I, and they're, they're in love with it. Huh. So I haven't actually played with one yet, but, uh, <laughs> but, but apparently they are agreed that I should get them one. That's yeah. right. So we, actually, I didn't get a couple of the high-end ones for yeah, five grand. Yeah, for five they're, grand, they're, yeah. They're two-something each. Well, well fully my, 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 my boys are uh, 10 and 14, okay. so really, if, if uh, Dawn is going to get to play with one, that would mean I'd have to have two anyway. At least two. Yeah. 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 So I got my, my daughter is in her first uh, year at uh, design school. Oh. And she, uh, I gave her a, a Surface Pro with a stylus. And uh-huh. She's loving it. Yeah, yeah. yeah pressure sensitive pen, right? So I could tell. Oh uh, yeah, how impressing. Yeah. It's got the Wacom technology in it. Yeah, so all those people who can draw, yeah. probably exactly. uh, get a lot of value out of that. Me, yeah. on the other hand, yeah, I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 
That, that, that I can't even read my own well. handwriting. So. <laughs> so you mentioned load testing a little bit, and yeah. I found I'm doing a lot less load testing these days. I'm doing a lot more production instrumentation. Do you see yes. this too? So I see this in uh, in more of the uh, continuous integration and delivery type shops, right. more of the cloud uh technology type shops the more you virtualize the more you can do it yeah uh i don't see more of it in um some of your more i'll call them traditional uh industries and and what i mean by that is you know insurance finance whatever folks who can't sometimes by law can't update their systems except like yeah. What, between quarter close and quarter open, right? Right. So, so now those folks, they're, they're they, they don't still need have continuous to, deployment, right? right. They're not exactly going to change their product, exactly. So, uh, and uh, so, I, so I see a lot more of that. And and here's uh, here here's my thinking on it: is uh, if you have uh, a, a system, uh, a deployment uh, methodology where you can where you can roll out. Uh, to a segment and mm-hmm. and really kind of monitor and make sure yeah. and uh, expand either on demand or on a schedule, you know, based on some kind of heuristic, it hasn't died, whatnot. Yeah, we we uh, dealt with know. beta-friendly customers. There you go. There's some customers like, nope, it has to be production exactly. super stable, so forth. Yeah. But Put guys who on. wanted the latest features, mm-hmm. they were willing to try the beta stuff. Put them all in one machine, which you can yep. tweak. And, and at that point, I, I would say this. Um I wouldn't go so far as to eliminate all notion of load testing, but maybe that's because I'm a performance guy. Right. But really, I do a whole lot less of it. I, I, I do some, some, maybe I wouldn't even call it perf- uh, load testing. Right. Maybe I'd say I do some uh, load checking. Right. <laughs> but before I rolled out to them. I, I find I can but, do good A-B testing with load tests. That right. is so also how, true. How is version two, two compared to version, version one? one? Absolutely. But trying to answer that question, will we survive the weekend? Right. Is really, really hard in simulation. It is. It is. And it's never been easy. Yeah. Um, and the reality is, if you want to answer that question with a lot of confidence, you need empirical data yes. from production. Yeah. That, that's really all there is to it. And the, the super geeks, the academics, mm-hmm. who uh, have really tackled this uh, very, very well, frankly, um, they will all tell you the same thing. Here, use this complex math that um, even after four semesters of calculus, I don't even understand the symbols. Right. Uh, and plug in all your uh, empirical production data, and I will tell you when you're going to die. Wicked accurate. Way hard. Right. Right? But here, here's what that won't tell you, is will I survive... For the first 10 users on day one. Right. Right. So really what you've got to balance is how how much, uh, you know, of what kind of testing am I going to do to uh, to roll out to those those beta guys who, frankly, are doing us a favor. Mm-hmm. So, um, sure, they're willing to uh, accept some risk. But at the same time, we don't want to fall on our face. Nope. Right. You got to figure out don't that balance. Don't punish the point. beta tester. Exactly. Either. Exactly. But. At that point, you're not, I don't think, you're really trying to do a full production simulation. What you're trying to do is maybe validate some uh, architectural decisions that mm-hmm. you made. Uh, maybe make sure that, uh, so one of the things that I found over the years is when I start load testing, most of what I find has nothing, in my opinion, to do with load. It has to do with oops. Right. Right? Yeah. 
uh, oops, I forgot to, to, to change my default configuration for my dev environment right. or enter a license key or whatever, right? I want to I make sure people are doing enough to get over those hurdles. Yeah, it's just the, right? the, the dumb ones, really. Really, so like, yeah. Oh, damn, I missed that. Exactly, exactly. And every once in a while, you come up with, you know, something just comes back and, and smacks you in the, wow, I didn't think that was going to work that way. Right. Right? But I don't need to do a, a full-scale production simulation to find those. Yeah. Right? I can do targeted uh, load or stress tests that mm -hmm. might not even have to be against the whole app. Right. Right? Uh, and if I can get over those hurdles, then I'm fairly confident that, hey, we can roll out to, to our beta users, monitor for a while, and, and see what's going on. And if it makes sense, if it's doing what we expect, and we've got the data to show it, now, now I'm comfortable moving forward. Sure. Do you have a favorite set of tools? What do you like to use? So I will say this. I still like C. Right. Um, and so my favorite tool doesn't exist anymore. Oh, yeah. Uh, and because I like C, if somebody has already spent the money, mm -hmm. I kind of like LoadRunner because I can get into the C and I can, I can modify their functions. Right. I can, I can do anything. Lowrunner's not or, cheap, though. Holy man, that's it's a lot of hey, I didn't say I'd buy it. I right. said if somebody already owns it. Um, but that's low test. Right. 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 I'm thinking more production instrumentation. Oh, yeah. So, you know, today, um, I am in a process of really uh, reevaluating uh, companies and my, my positions on, mm -hmm. on that because we've got a lot of new players in the yeah, market. Yeah, it's an um, interesting time. Yeah, so... The time was not long ago when I said, look, if you're serious about that, if you're serious about instrumenting production, you want you want to go with BMC. Right. Right. Expensive, but if you're but serious, they're the guys. but they're the guys. Yeah. They're the guys. But, um, you know, now you've got everything from uh, literally um, write, write a Selenium script, put it on a put it on an old 386 somewhere yep. and uh, let it loop through. The free site that uh, you know will, will uh, you know does a whole status check, but only does it once for the free version. Yeah, exactly. Only does it once per time you click the button, right? <laughs> yeah. So hey, give me an old laptop and a and, and and a script that runs every fifteen minutes, and I'm golden. Yeah, good enough. Um, now, granted, that's not doing a deep analysis. No, but depending on what you're looking for, right? Um, well, so, so, I mean, so many places don't have any instrumentation in production at I all. No, it's insane, and. You know, even even back, I remember the first time I wandered into our server room, uh, and this was, I want to tell you, oh mm -hmm. one, um, and I and I sat down next to uh, next to our two guys, and they had these screens in front of them with these massive dashboards with all kinds of lines and lights and blinkies and numbers and whatever. And I'm like, sure. what, what, I want to know what all this is. And they're like, oh, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if anything flashes red, we know that's, that's bad. Right. Then that's we go, right. Then we update our resumes. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and, and they weren't quite serious. Right. But, um, uh, but there's so much built-in instrumentation and stuff. Even if I, you know, if I'm using... Say an EC2 instance, right. right? Hey, they've got dashboards. Mm -hmm. There's so much monitoring you can do without tools. And and you're right. So many folks have no tools. They're not looking at their monitors. And, you know, I walk in, I'm like, really? You have stuff built into your operating systems. You have things built into your VMs. You've got 
uh, all you've got you're collecting these huge log files that yeah. nobody's looking you're at. You're not tailing your log I, files. Why why not dump all this stuff out somewhere? Call it a database if you want to, don't actually care. Mm-hmm. Dump it out somewhere and create some dashboards. You can look at what's going on. They just, you know, you can you can spend you can spend a zillion dollars on BMC and get all kinds of detail stuff. But but here's my thinking: start start cheap and easy, and when that's no longer sufficient, spend money. Hmm. But isn't the challenge here to define meaningful metrics for that organization? Of course it is. Yeah, and I always. I always believe that if people are being honest with one another, that people kind of know. Right. But when you've got, you know, going back to our earlier conversation, when you've got groups that don't talk to each other, Mm -hmm. no dev is going to tell the ops guy that, you know, on the other side of the the mystical barrier that, hey, you probably ought to watch, you know, keep a tight eye on the CPU of, of whatever machine is running this. Right. 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 But when, again, joy of consulting and, and consulting, consulting one-on-one, if you want to know what's going on, find the ashtray. doesn't matter. You don't have to be a smoker. Just follow people. To the, they will tell you anything. Sure. Well, uh, while they're on their smoke break. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You're an wow. outsider on the smoke break. You'll find out anything. Then you walk back in the ops room and you say, stick a monitor here, there, and, and over here. Next thing you know, problems, uh, you know, Start getting early. So I actually believe that most of the knowledge is is there somewhere, right. and it's just not being shared. And 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 what I and and what I say to the rest of it is this: even if you buy an expensive tool, they still don't know for sure mm-hmm. what to monitor. the The key is start doing it, right? And learn as you go. I say the same thing to developers. Look, I, I talk about performance unit testing. Some people get all up in arms. Oh, your unit's too small to performance test, whatever. Look, depends on who's defining unit, right. whatever. But here's the thing. If there's something, you're writing the code. You know what it does. Mm-hmm. If there's something performance interesting about it, maybe it's a response time. Maybe it's a number of loops. Maybe it's a thread count. Maybe it's memory. I don't know. I didn't write the code. But right. if there is... Really, put a little collector in there. You, you mentioned that that follow the ashtray idea. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, Richard, you, your idea is pizza being the universal lubricant. Yep. The idea is yeah. the same. Same you know, idea. You get them together for some sort of outside of work uh, thing. You know, is are, are sort of bar meetups uh, out of the question, you know? Like, I used has to, that worked? I, I used to tell test managers... Were like, that, like that, the that had boss a, actually pay pay buy See, that's the, it. it. That's what I used to tell test managers. If you have a budget, the best way you can spend it is take the devs out to, for pool beer and pizza with right. the IT with, guys. Yeah, with whatever the two teams are. Right, whatever right? the two teams if, are. If, if you've got a budget and you care, you take the your team take the other team out for yeah. beer and pizza. Right, and 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 actually, take, I would say might even be best if the boss wasn't there. It might just, just let be. the teams go. Yeah, yeah, you're you're probably right. Yeah, um, but the the truth is, geeks are geeks. Yeah, and if yeah. you put them together and let them talk about stuff, yeah. sooner or later they're going to keep talking about. Well, they're going to want to impress each other, that's and they're right. going to want to help each other, and that's just the way it goes when you have beer exactly. and pizza or smoke or whatever. Exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah, totally I, right. I've never felt like you can build trust at work. That's where you actually challenge trust. 
It's mm. outside of work. It's at lunch. It's out for pizza. Those sorts of things is where trust has actually grown. That is that is probably true. Now, again, with a with an army background, we uh, we had very specific trust building exercise ones right. that I totally wouldn't use in you know an IT workspace because yeah. mm. they're almost all you know physical task kind of things. But right. in the army, that that makes sense. Yeah. But um, but what you find is that um, however it is the teams grow together, mm-hmm. it's the, the teams that don't want to let their coworkers down are yeah. the ones that su- succeed. That's right. And I think any manager or executive that doesn't realize that yeah. or, or um, stifles uh, a team's ability to, to really bond yeah. in their own Well, if they don't live and die way, together, it's not going to work. Yeah. Right? This goes back to the original conversation about you've built an infrastructure that discourages supporting each other. Right. Mm. Right. So, I, you know, I did not uh, get into IT to become uh, an armchair psychologist. Right. But, but, I, but I swear. Um, oh, hell, it, marriage counselor. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yes. um, but, you know, Jerry Weinberg's right. It's all about people. Every, every problem's a people problem. Yes. Right? And so if you don't, uh, if you don't take the cultural aspects or the people aspects into consideration, you're going to miss the big picture. Mm-hmm. You might fix the techie problem this time, but uh, it really does come down to uh, people and culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing much else to that. Every time I found a website that performed really, really well, yeah. I found a tightly integrated team behind it. And they may not have called themselves DevOps or any of right. those sorts of things, right. but bottom line was it was a group of guys who worked well together and had said had each other's backs. Right. Because there's only way to go that fast. Exactly. Especially if you're doing uh, uh, regular or fast deployments. Yeah. Uh, fast being relative, depending on what year we're talking about. Sure. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I also think that, uh, you know, one of the things that's happening with more automation, with more instrumentation mm-hmm. in production is that we're able to iterate faster. In some ways, testing is getting simpler because you can do an awful lot of that testing as part of the deployment. As long as we remember that there are parts, there are certain aspects of test that really uh, re- demand human human eyes, human right. cognition. Yeah. Right? Now, I, I, will, I will caveat that by saying, we spend an awful lot of human manpower doing stuff that computers can do better and faster right. than we can. Right. Automate it. Seriously, automate it. Right. But there are certain things that just take human judgment. And I, I was at a conference in, uh, I don't know, somewhere in the Netherlands. I don't mm-hmm. remember which city. Uh, that was all about you know the future of test automation. And everybody there was talking about uh, the integration of uh, heuristics and artificial intelligence. And my take was this. You know what? I'm sure someday it'll get there. Not in my lifetime. Yeah, right now, yeah. it's just a pair of eyes is the best way to get it done. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And, and sometimes it is your beta users, mm-hmm. right? Just be smart about you know the whole risk reward thing about using beta users. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah don't abuse them. Right. Just like exactly. don't abuse your testers either. I would hope not. Right. Well, I think you, there there are tiers of testing. You want developers sure. to, to catch their dumb stuff before right. they consume the time of the testers, and you want the testers yes. to make sure that they catch the those things before they consume the time of the beta tester. Absolutely. And, and that's, look, I don't care what kind of life cycle you work under. Mm-hmm. And, uh, look, I'd love 
truly agile teams. I love continuous integration. And I mean, those are the kind of teams that I fit in best with. But there's still a notion of a release candidate. Mm-hmm. Release is still a business decision, whether it's automatic or not. Right. Yeah. Right. And if somebody's going to make a business decision, they need some information to base it on, which means no matter how much we take the phases out, there are, there are still some magic points where we say, hey, I need this kind of information. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't care what the name or the role of the person is that gets it. I just know that at, at point X, we need to know, will this work on our production servers, right, right, for sure. example? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, Scott, what's next for you? What's in your inbox, man? So, I am. Uh, I've been doing a lot of work with uh, Smart Bear, and it looks like I might be uh, uh, hanging up my uh, PTP hat for a while and going to work for them. So, I am on my way uh, to Beverly, outside of Boston, mm-hmm. meeting up with uh, uh, senior exec team uh, at Smart Bears. We're planning future vision next product and uh you know a lot of it's still not totally public but but here's what i'll tell you um i'm real excited about it yeah they they uh round next of what they're planning uh is is really is really quite exciting so um uh, i'm looking forward to it and uh you know 10 years ago i tried to get involved with a with a with a vendor and uh that didn't quite work because they got bought Mm -hmm. hiring freeze you know how the whole thing goes and so, uh, so it's kind of fun for me right now. A little bit of a change. Uh, I'll keep doing, uh, you know, conferences and, and, you know, now we'll call it evangelism instead of marketing. But, right. um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, all, the, all that will stay the same. But uh, what I'm really enjoying is, uh, like you were talking, like, like we're talking about, having a team around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've, I've been solo for 10 years. And, uh, well, Dawn and I, but more or less uh, solo. And uh, I'm finding that, I, that I'm actually getting really inspired, working with the teams, going in and sitting down with developers again, just literally pulling my chair up and saying, what are you working on? Let's, right. And, and yeah. uh, uh, the energy is really infectious. So, That's great. Uh, so well, we wish I, you the best of luck well, in that. thank you. Thank you. Scott Barber, ladies and gentlemen. Let's give him a round of applause. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. We'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a